Hi, I'm Todd Nathanson. And there's no one else here. Song vs. Song is on break for the month of September. I am exhausted. We're going to take a little short break. And to put something up in the meantime, we are going to unlock a couple bonus episodes just for you. See, we put up a special bonus episode every month. You vote on the movie we watch and we review it. If you like what you hear, maybe check out our Patreon where you can sign up to listen to all our monthly bonus episodes. We have done dozens of them at this point. That is patreon.com slash song versus song. Check it out and enjoy this bonus episode. Hi, I'm Todd Nathanson. And I'm Lena Morgan. Good grief. I almost said the wrong name. <laughs> what a gro- <laughs> God damn it. I canceled myself. We lit, we're, we're less than a minute into the podcast, Todd. Let's We've already see. fucked it up. Let's see how you do. <laughs> Let's see how it goes. Well, anyway, welcome to a song versus song, a bonus episode voted on by you, the, lo- the loyal Patreon subscribers. I have been begging y'all to stop sending us great classic movies. And boy, did you not send us a great classic movie this month. You, uh, this is one I wanted you guys to pick. And you guys finally did it. You guys went with Eurovision, the saga of fire story by Eurovision, the story of fire saga. God damn it. Eurovision story of fire. It's Euro- saga. Wait, wait, you haven't even, no, it's Eurovision song contest. Eurovision the song story contest. of fire saga. It's a very long title. Yes. It's, yes, it, it is. is the, it is the Fiona Apple when the pawn of movie titles. <laughs> Well, I mean, this is a Will Ferrell joint, and Will Ferrell likes his subtitles. You know, he does. Talladega Nights, a story of Ricky, Bo- ballad of Ricky Bobby. Is it? Is it? The, yeah, I believe it. I believe it's a ballad. Anchorman, the what is it? The story, the, leg- the legend, the Ron Burgundy. There you go. Good grief. That one of his particular uh, trademarks, I guess, long ass titles, just like Step Brothers, the story of Step Brothers. So, comedy. How'd you like the movie? I liked it. I see. I saved. I saved that one for you. We were talking about it before, and the, I buried the lead. I yes. enjoyed this movie. Huh? Like it's not a great film, but I liked it. Well, you're gonna have to remind me of the good parts because I <laughs> literally just finished this like 20 minutes ago, and um, we better do this quick because it is already fading from my memory. I don't know how much it's going to st- – again, when I say I enjoyed it, there's a difference between enjoying a thing and a thing being so good that it stays with you forever. Yeah. Uh, and also, I am only two days out from my second COVID shot, and so I'm delirious <laughs> a little bit, a little a little tipsy with, with vaccine. What I find interesting about this is that you are – like, I'm aware that Eurovision as a thing exists, mm-hmm. and you – at least at some point, got roped into watching it. I don't know if I've you were a willing it. participant. I have watched it at least three times, maybe not consecutively, but I have partook in the Eurovision. I don't know what like what your perception of it is. Like I had to know about it because you know I'm the music guy, and a lot of the music writers I read are you are British based, so they have lots of feelings about Eurovision. And it was—it's just the most impenetrable thing I've ever seen. Like, if you are not American, like even just finding out about it is just like the most discombobulating thing. Like, they have like a continental Olympics of music every goddamn year. 
Yeah, I, I want to get into it, but it feels like I've missed a hundred seasons of a television show. I, you know, if I wanted to get into it, I would have to go into a cave with Wi-Fi and download a BitTorrent of every Eurovision that ever happened and then stay, stay in like a, like a fortress of solitude and absorb all that stuff until I was an adult. Don't tell anybody mm-hmm. how old I am. Um, and then come out and then come out as like super Eurovision person. Um, there's a lot of context you need before you go in there, but like watching it, like you'll, you'll get it, I guess. Like they're all competing and all of the performances are extremely cheesy in a way that doesn't really translate over to America. Like people know it's cheesy. Like you, they you understand. Know who- you know who loves Eurovision? Who's that? Will Ferrell. <laughs> That's the you know this is like a, this is like a passion project for him. He's wanted to make this thing for a long time. Yeah, he's been. I think I read it on the IMD trivia, just skimming it while we, I waited to start this, and I was like, oh, he's like a big fan for like twenty years. Like it finally got to the point where Eurovision has penetrated into the American market enough that he can make this movie. And let me let me say this, you know, there's a if there's a fundamental flaw to this film, it is that Will Ferrell's in it. <laughs> Sorry, Will Ferrell fans. I, you know, I have occasionally liked him. I'm, you know, I liked his I liked aspects of his bid for serious acting, Stranger Than Fiction. Yeah, that was good. So there's a thing that happened. So the, the, the setup for the movie, if you if you don't know, although I imagine everybody like a lot of people have wanted us to do this episode for a long time and I'm nervous we're going to let them down. Yeah. Um but, you know, it's basically just Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams are two Icelandic people who don't deserve to be in Eurovision, but get into it anyway. And then shenanigans ensue. There were some shenanigans. Yep. Although some less shenanigans. shenanigans than I wanted, honestly. I, I could have used a little more shenanigans. There's also um, a producers-esque plot. And Demi Lovato is there. Yes. And it's and it's weird, uh, and I am not really clear on why some of the choices got made. My so here's my my theory, and it is this: if Will Ferrell has been thinking about this for a really long time, and it seems that he has, this movie comes across as something where you see pieces of like twenty different ideas he's had over the years. Yeah, and a lot of them don't quite coalesce. And the uh, one of the biggest ones for me was that, you know, they've got this Icelandic guy who was like, I guess, in a position of power and he's got some kind of producer's thing going on. And I still don't understand what that, I was like, what? That's what does a, it have to do with anything? You know, it's a, like a, a funny thing. Because I am up on Eurovision, I understand where this is coming from. Like, this is only because I have the context, but like Ireland won like five out of five years out of the nineties, five out of the 10 years in the nineties. And it was so expensive and it like nearly bankrupted the, whatever committee they have that, you know, is supposed to, to run that stuff. Like they were like well in debt because the winner hosts and it's extremely expensive to host like, you know, like the Olympics, basically it's not, it's a net negative for you. He's cause like, if they, we actually have someone who can win, that's terrible for us. We could, it'll bankrupt the country. So I got, I got where that was coming from. Okay. But counterpoint and like, a thank you for explaining it to me, yeah. but at the same time, I still can't help but think, do I really want a, a comedy movie that like Joaquin Phoenix dot gif, you wouldn't get it 
<laughs> inserts a plot. I mean, they, in. they, like, they, he said there, he, he mentioned it for like, uh, you know, a second, but like, this is like the weirdest subplot because they just, they're like, he blows up a boat and murders like 30 people. Yes, spoilers, including Demi Lovato. And then we just forget about this plot for an hour. No one mentions it. And, uh, you know, there's like... And then after an hour, there's a brief mention, then we forget about it for another 40 minutes. Yeah, it's just... And a lot of the movie is like that, where things will pick up and then go away. And and so Demi Lovato plays this character, Katiana, who was supposed to be the big Icelandic winner. Mm-hmm. Supposed to be the one that's going to go to Eurovision because they're, they're all convinced that she's going to win for sure. Mm-hmm. She also is then a ghost. <laughs> so the Icelandic accent. <laughs> We're all contextually aware of at least one person with it. Yes. Her name is Bjork. Mm-hmm. But it's, I think, generally understood that Bjork's accent is Bjork's and Bjork's alone. Well... She know. talks the way that she talks. Perhaps there's a similar, a passing similarity with all people from that land. But I'll tell you one person who didn't bother with an Icelandic accent at all, Demi Lovato. <laughs> and there are a couple other people that kind of felt like they, you know, like like Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams apparently both had coaches for mm-hmm. this. And Will Ferrell seems like he kind of tried some of the time, but not consistently. The only person that actually tried which Rachel, was Rachel McAdams. And how did she do that in addition to having a dialect coach? She watched every interview Bjork ever gave. Of course. And it worked. So, like, you want to know what I thought was good about the movie? Rachel McAdams. That's it. Why did I, I like the movie? I thought Rachel McAdams was great in it, genuinely. I, you know, she was fine. I thought she was a lot better in Game Night. The, the accents are funny because Will Ferrell is, like, clearly giving up on it at, at points. I don't know, like, I couldn't really tell if they were doing it right or not. I just knew his was inconsistent, but everyone else is like, they, you know, it's, you know, hurdy-gurdy, bork-bork-bork. It's bork. like if Pierce, Pierce Brosnan plays Will Ferrell's dad. And oh, like, it also does not bother. <laughs> I don't know what that accent is that he's doing other than probably his own. <laughs> it was, it was, it was really something else. And that was, like, another, they were, like... Very late in the game, they were so Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams played the these two people that are in love, maybe. Mm, what, I, I, that's another thing. C- I didn't Secret, really get. who is who is Rachel, Rachel McAdams, McAdams, is definitely in love with Lars, who is Will Ferrell, and um, you get they really kind of don't reveal for a long time whether or not that's a, a mutual thing. They don't like Lars is kind of a weirdo because you know Lars is played by Will, Will Ferrell. Ferrell. <laughs> And and so Will Ferrell is just playing a lot of the characters that he always plays. Um, but then they introduce like at the 11th hour that Piers Brosnan, who plays um, Will Ferrell's dad, had a thing, I guess, had a falling out with Secrets, uh, Rachel McAdams' mother also. And then at the end of the movie, they're married. Did they? I, I, I completely missed this. That was the so the at the very end of the movie. Ha <laughs> ha. When they're performing again at the at the bar or whatever, mm-hmm. the reason they're performing is for the wedding. It's a it's a post wedding party. Oh, I I was so checked out by that point. I didn't. <laughs> I completely missed it. I saw that Will Ferrell had a baby. I don't know. There's like a running gag of like them being brother and sister. Maybe not. I don't. Yeah. Here, look. It, here's what I don't. I a part of me like I when I went a googling this movie. I, w- I wanted to make sure that it wasn't a deeply offensive film that we had to to be careful in how we addressed it. But as far as I can tell, most people from Iceland were 
happy with the film. Just just happy to be mentioned. I, I say, Scandinavians, you're allowed to make fun of. All right. If they're if they're offended, who cares? <laughs> they're you're not canceled. Yeah. But like I might have liked it more if there was like maybe more of a bite to it, honestly. Well, there's no. So the the guy who kills everybody. Mm hmm is as close to a villain as the movie gets. He's barely in it. <laughs> so yeah. there's not really, like they keep setting up people who might be villains. Like you think maybe there's going to be a, a like a heel turn or a reveal that they were villains the whole time, like it's frozen. Mm -hmm. But um, it never really happens. So like Dan Stevens is in this. Dan Stevens, who uh, I imagine, um, what do people know him from? Like Downton Abbey. And Downton Abbey and... Uh Suddenly, and Legion. Down. Fucking, he's he's David Haller in Legion, and was, I feel like a lot of people know him for that. He was the guest in the guest. He, he was, was the guest in the guest. Yeah, he was the beast in Beauty and the Beast. And he's uh, and here he is. He's a, he's he's kind of a guest in this movie. Um, he yeah. plays a he plays the Russian Performer. singer. He's and, a, it's a very uh, Siegfried and Roy type styling to him. Like yeah. So there, there's him and he's got a, there's a, like a, a, a woman who he's friends with, who's like the, the Greek singer, I think. Yeah. I think it Yes. Her, the, the character's last name is Zanakis. Yes. She's the Greek one. Um, and they kind of make it seem for a little bit like maybe they're like working against the Icelandic team and like mm -hmm. trying to manipulate sexually people and stuff. Yeah. But that also, that also completely gets dropped. Yeah, I had no I was never clear on like what this character's function was. Like, are you a, 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 a rival love interest or not? Like you it was like kind of fishtailing back and forth with that. It's again, it seems to me at some point that these two were the villains. Like there's a draft mm -hmm. of a script where they were the bad guys and then they dropped it. The movie this most reminds me of is uh, Blades of Glory. With, uh, you know, that's Will Ferrell's previous one. And that, you know, they would have, I guess Dan Stevens would have been the Will Arnett of this one. Dan Stevens and What's-Her-Face being Will, Far Will Ferrell and Amy Poehler, who were like the rival whatever the fucks. I don't know. They never really went there. Like, the character straight up asks, Zegrid asks Dan Stevens, like, you're gay, right? What What is with you? And we don't really get an answer. We, yes. So that may maybe we can come back. To yeah. that in a little bit, um, just because that's a that feels like a big mm -hmm. topic because it's a <laughs> it is like it's a thing that I could sense throughout the film that that was clearly a, a, a thing they were gonna do. Like I suspected that was where we were going, but I wasn't sure of how it was gonna play out if they were gonna stick the landing. Um, we should come back to that towards the end because I feel like that's one of those things that simultaneously works and doesn't like it's a real that could have gone so much worse yeah uh, um but like it's interesting there's like a lot of things that are in this movie that like i kind of like so natasha um oh, how do you say her last name i feel like such an asshole i you know i couldn't begin not, not naja from what we do in the shadows the tv show oh is that her sure she's so she she's there for like a second she's like one of the people that's like working she's like a stage person Huh. She's the one that um, gives Will Ferrell the bird when he talks about having sex with everybody. <laughs> and also is like trying to like get them all to dance. Remember the the the, the scene where that she's like 
trying to get right, Rachel McAdams yes. to pick up her feet. Yeah, I recognized her immediately. I was like, I know her because she's on a show I like. And, you know, she was in that movie for, for precisely two minutes. And I mm-hmm. thought, what a great movie this would have been if she was in it the whole movie. They could have made her a main character. That's yeah. a that's a great performer. Like, my criticism of this Eurovision film is that there are people that appear in it and you're like, mm, these people would have been better. Partly maybe yeah. because they're European. <laughs> uh, you know, I just literally, I don't know if that's actually true. It's a thing that I just I, yeah. thought. I don't know. It feels like this is the kind of thing that's like too American for Europeans and maybe a little too European for Americans. Yeah, like, it's it's neither here nor there. Uh, they also there's another guy who appears that I recognized immediately because he was in Fleabag because he is the asshole on the bus in Fleabag. I, I don't um, remember the asshole on the bus. Oh, there's a guy that well, what's your face briefly dates or tries to date, Phoebe. and he's got he's got yeah, free version. She's got that. He's got like a like they kind of focus on his nose a lot and how obnoxious he is. And he's the guy that is, um, Dan Stevens is clearly meant to be in love with. In this movie. Uh-huh. And yeah. uh, Kevin it? Swain is the name of the character. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. I, I remember Kevin Swain in the movie, so. And he's great, too. He's another He's another one where I was like, if he was in the in this movie more, it would be a better movie. Um, because he's obnoxious, but exactly in the way that you need somebody in a movie like this to be obnoxious. Like, good obnoxious. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you compare this to like his big movies, Farrell's big movies, you know, Anchorman and Talladega Nights and all that. And this feels like it's just not hitting on all cylinders. I would I would like, did you, did you, see, did you see Sonic the Hedgehog? Yes, I did. Like, this is like Jim Carrey and Sonic the Hedgehog. Like, oh, like every once in a while it'll click. But way too much of the time, it just feels like you're chasing old ghosts on this one. Um, I'm going to tell you something that's absolutely ridiculous that I wish I had known because it would make me seem smart, but instead is the thing I'm going to reveal that I just found out right now. So those two actors that I said should be in the movie more Mm -hmm. are brother and sister, Todd. Are they really? Yes, they are. Oh, wow. They are brother and sister. Why, why did the movie not star them? (laughs) Would have been great. I mean, Rachel, again, Rachel McAdams, I think is, is good. And Rachel McAdams actually sticks to that accent the whole film. Mm-hmm. And it really is noticeable that she actually bothered for, Euro, for Eurovision. That's professionalism. Like if this, I mean, yes, it was compared to every compared to most of the other leads. Yes. I told someone last night, I was like, I'm going to have to watch Eurovision tomorrow for the pod. And they were like, oh, well, get ready for a, a lot of Will Ferrell screaming. And I was like, oh, you've seen it already. And they're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there was a lot of that Will Ferrell screaming. Does. Yeah, that's his thing. That's the thing. I don't, so, I feel this is like such a, maybe I shouldn't even say it, but I find Will Ferrell to be so unpleasant to look at. I didn't used to, but like, since he's gotten old, like, it's it's hard. I don't, it's not even that he's, I don't know, there's like, and it's terrible, and that's, you know, it's not a failing on his part, it's his face, <laughs> but it is, especially if you're putting him opposite of Rachel McAdams and you're expecting me to think that she's been pining for Will Ferrell for decades, despite the fact that he has repeatedly rebuffed her and made her second to his own ego, it's it's kind of hard to believe. It's a yeah. it's it's a it's the actual big sticking point for me with the whole movie is that 
as soon as Dan Stevens rolls in and is like, hey, what about you and me? Like, literally, my only critique was, well, he's definitely gay, so that can't work. But at the very least, she should realize that she's deserving of somebody better. He looks so old. He looks like fucking Clint Eastwood. Like, and he's still playing these man-child roles. I feel weird. I already feel weird about saying the fact that I find him hard to look at. That's not a nice thing to say if you're a listener. No, like fail, also sorry. like also like the just the the way they sh- they shoot the both of them is is weird. Like they're there's they're like downplay. They're, they're, mo- they're meant to be like I don't know like ugly peasants or something. But like they it's like it looks like they're walking around without makeup all the time just to emphasize like they're you know they're not Eurovision. Except Rachel McAdams is you know yeah very very lovely. <laughs> she is, but they like dress her down like they maybe like knots in her hair and all that shit but she it, just it's it's not just that you know like she's 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 a lovely person to look at but yeah. again it's just that will ferrell is doing the same thing that he always does and that's being goofy with mixed results yeah. and rachel mcadams is doing what she consistently does which is be a professional actor <laughs> and do the job correctly and i think that again it's just she's it's impossible for me to accept that she's pining for him, but she gets no. as close as close as close as anyone can get to making me believe that's true. Yeah. I, there's, there's no way you could sell that. Like, so I didn't obviously, but I, she, I, that's the thing is that I, I, I respect her because yeah. she got as she got way closer than I think anybody else ever could. Yeah. I, I tell you what, you ever see the love guru? No, I respect myself. Okay, well, speaking as someone who does not, myself, I mean, but <laughs> I, I have seen it, and Jessica Alba in that movie has what I think is, like, the least selling of being charmed by this horrible monster that they're supposed to be in love with. Like, there are many scenes where Jessica Alba is just like, like, oh, Mike Myers in Brownface, you are, the like, the most hilarious, charming guy. I've ever just like, let me smile, because I'm so delighted, and it was like, you can just see the light dying in her eyes. I mean, so and the, Rachel McAdams I would do the, is way I would do the same thing. And, yeah. and that's why I have so much respect for Rachel McAdams, because you watch her play this part. And all I could think is, gosh, I definitely could not. There's no way. You know, I mean, in general, playing the part of human woman is just difficult on a regular day. But like <sighs> it's. It's another level that she brings like and that's the thing is that every scene she's in, she's very charismatic. I believe that she really wants to do right by the other people around her. Right. Like she's she's got all of this empathy that she brings to the role. And so I like her. And then and I guess, OK, fine, let's let's talk about the the her and, and Dan Stevens, because it is in the end kind of interesting. If I was going to say, what do I like about the movie? I actually do kind of like they do this weird thing where she acts like his pronouns and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he says something about how, you know, he's he him and and there there are no gay people in Russia. And she's like, <laughs> I feel like statistically speaking, <laughs> that's that that's not possible. That's a, that's something Putin said, right? That's uh, maybe like there are no gay people here. That that sounds that, familiar. That like, seems like a thing that, that Vladimir Putin would say. Yeah. And, you know, obviously I'm not from Russia. I, I am. I don't believe I have any Russian uh, blood in me. Um, but, you know, I am aware that many nations mm-hmm. have issues with homophobia. And I believe that Russia is one of them. 
Oh yeah, that's what the like all the that's what I think all the pussy riot uh, protests are about, or at least so, partly about. So you I know, should, I should check that. Don't believe me, like <laughs> listeners. But it's so it's a little it's so funny for for a Will Ferrell movie. It's a little too subtle, but the parts that actually where it shows up because it wasn't. I didn't sit there and not. I wasn't surprised when they got to the he's gay and has always been gay. Mm-hmm. I, um, it's just that I kind of wish it had happened a little before the very end of the movie, but it was nice. It was nice um, having it be addressed. It was, I found it to be honestly very truthful that he wouldn't admit it to Rachel McAdams, but he would have obviously already been out with, um, again, that, that, that woman who plays opposite him, uh, Mita mm-hmm. Zanakis. It's the name of the character. Um, and, uh, yeah, I actually kind of like that. That worked for me. I just wish there was more of it. Yeah. So then, what was he doing the entire time? Just well, being, I, be, just being nice. I. Well, I think he really genuinely thought, as happens with people um, who have queer identity and are in a bad situation, sometimes it feels like the best thing you can do is ally yourself and marry a friend, someone you feel you can really trust who you know is going to be empathic and mm-hmm. caring and stand by you no matter what. Um, even as you, you know, you deal with stuff that kind of is a disconnecting point between the two of you and it happens, you know I mean? It's not like uh, gay people don't marry, you know, opposite sex people for reasons. It happens all the time. You know, I'd mm-hmm. like to think that it happens less and less, but no, I don't find that improbable at mm-hmm. all. I think he just looked at her and thought, a that they would they would literally make uh, beautiful music together, and B he saw that she had a lot of empathy and would and would be caring and respect him. Yeah, if he's trying to break the two of them up, that's you know fair. You get it's not quite villainous. So like no, he thinks that she deserves better, and he's yeah. absolutely right. <laughs> yeah, the problem as always is like this. The problem with like most comedy for the past. 30, 40 years, which is like, this character does not, this character sucks. Yes, it is always the, the, why would this woman ever be with this man? Yeah. Is a thing where to ver. I mean, there are movies where you kind of can gloss over it, mm-hmm. but the worst versions of these movies are the ones where it's so pervasive that you can't think about anything else. Yeah. And this is definitely one of those movies where all you can think is, why would this woman ever want to be with this man? He is the worst. Like this is it's it's like it's like one of those things where you just have to roll with it or you can't. It's like at the end of the rom com, there's going to be a big rush to the airport, so that, you know, a big emotional like confession at the end. Like that, if you don't like that, then you don't like rom coms. So watch something else. And if you don't like the fact that Rachel McAdams is weirdly madly in love with Will Fucking Ferrell, then uh. Maybe this is just not your kind of movie, and uh, maybe it's just not my kind of movie. Yeah, I mean, so there are, yeah, like I said, there are things that I can sort of put aside if there are enough things that I can like. And I like the, I like a lot of the supporting cast. I like the the person who's the audience stand-in. Is that, is um, that Graham Norton? Absolutely. Yeah. Graham Norton's great. Graham um, Norton's always been great. I was like yeah, that guy. Gra- Graham Norton is probably the best talk show host of all time. Well, I don't, least, I don't watch a least, lot of talk at, shows, so I wouldn't know. But every time I've uh, seen him, but highly, highly recommend. Um, at least insofar as the 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 chat show part, the 
actual interviewing of people. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like in America, we don't really, that's not really the part that anybody cares about. Like talk shows are the host does weird sketches, you know, right. Jimmy Fallon's going to sing a song for some reason. Jimmy that's Fallon has here. changed. Jimmy Fallon has changed talk shows. Yep. He's ruined them. <laughs> he's, as, oh, says some, as says somebody who filmed things on the same floor where he filmed for many years. He's the worst. Uh, but, you know, yeah, Graham Norton is great. He's very good. And a lot of the supporting players are very good. And I think Dan Stevens is great. Um, and I think that, um, God, I'm trying to think who else, like, actually stood out to me as being kind of entertaining. Because, you know, Pierce Brosnan doesn't bother with the accent, but he's still Pierce fucking Brosnan. Yeah. He's got gravity to him. Yeah. And and like I said, that bro- the brother and sister I thought were really, really good. And I wish they were in it more. The earlier I, I said that this reminded me mostly of Blades of Glory. And part of that is because, you know, the silly costumes and all that. But part of it is because figure skating is already too stupid to parody. And that's what I feel about Eurovision also. And they didn't really even try. No, they they were really they really wore their heart on their sleeve. Kind of. What I, what I can say about the Eurovision segments is that they are accurate. Well, they had a bunch of Eurovision people in it. Yeah. Um, what did you, so, all right. What about the, 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 the that's, what, what do they call it? A song along? That's, that did not work for me. I don't know what they were doing there. Like, it was like, we need a big musical segment here in the middle. And they, you know, they do a mashup of uh, Believe and Ray of Light. And by the way. Stay tuned on that for song versus song, but <laughs> really, is that one? Oh yeah, I've had that in the back pocket for a while, and also That's... I got a feeling in there also, and uh, Waterloo by ABBA. Okay, and... I'm excited about all of those. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll find a I... place for the other ones, but anyway, uh, I so I didn't mind that sequence, and in fact, it was another spot where I thought, what if this Eurovision movie had been more musical yeah like what if it had been a music like a full like a true musical movie what if it had been a musical the whole way through where they would you know just break out into song as you do in musicals yeah well well the the song along is is clearly supposed to be to this movie what the riff off is to pitch perfect and all its sequels and uh the the riff offs and i for the record i despise pitch perfect and everything about it but i do like the riff offs I've and literally never watched a Pitch Perfect movie, and now that you've said how terrible they are, I think that it is inevitable that there is going to be a patron. Okay, well, th- this uh, this this series that you like, Pitch Perfect, is just the pits, just the absolute worst, unwatchable. But do you are you say to the to the, to the patron that likes it? That's yes, who you're addressing yes, right now. Yes. Well, no. And what I said to you is that they're gonna they're gonna put it up for a vote, and we're gonna have to watch and talk about them. So you've I'm, really done it now. You've I'm really... aware, and I will bring my fucking flamethrower. Like, I... <laughs> oh no, no, no! I, I'm dying for the chance. Trust me on this. But I just want to. I just want to be joyful. <laughs> I just, just want to like things. Anyway, music. This movie could have been more musical. What did you think about the music we had? It was okay. I actually kind of liked the music that we had. You know, this because it's Oscar nominated. We're we're watching the Oscar nominated Eurovision Song Contest. The story it was up for a lot. It 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 was nominated for a number of things. I think only one tiny thing of which it's won for. I very much doubt it's going to win an Academy Award, but I do. (laughs) I did like it. 
I liked I liked the the um the song. The song at the end, the one that Sigrid had been working on the whole time. I liked that. I liked the the goofy song that they were supposed to sing. I liked the the there was like a Viking one or whatever it was called. That was that was kind of fun. Um uh, Volcano Volcano Man, excuse me. That's Volcano Man was my favorite of the uh of the the songs we got. That one was uh I thought it was like hit the right balance of being like a good song, but also ridiculous and silly. What about Ya Ya Ding Dong? Well, to be fair, like, again, we'll call it accurate. Accurate gotcha. to a certain strain of terrible Scandinavian <laughs> music. I don't know. I'm not I'm not so big on on Husavik parentheses, my hometown or my hometown parentheses Husavik. It's it's it feels like an Oscar bait song, let's say. It, it feels I mean, like the song at the end of Pearl Harbor, whatever the fuck. The thing is, they they built it up to be exactly what it was. Uh-huh. Like, it's not like that song came out of nowhere. Right. Like, no, it were... felt like it felt like the song that Rachel Adams character secret would have written. Reminds me of um, Miley Cyrus writing the climb for the climax of Hannah Montana, the movie. Wow. And it is what a, what a, what a statement. It's a better song than the climb. I'll, I'll, I'll give it that. All right, but, it's, but it's is it be- but is it better than No Doubts the Climb? Remind me how that one goes. That's off of Try the Kingdom, right? It is. It's like it, that's like a that's like a nine minute song. I think it's like the longest song on that record. And I, I don't want to get off track. I yeah. love that song. I love every song on that album, though. Um, that's one of those albums where there's not a bad song on it for me. Um, mm-hmm. But no, I like I like the song. I see what you're saying that it it kind of feels Oscar baity, but it also it didn't feel outside of what the what they were building towards with that character. Yeah, no, it, it fits the movie. It fits the song, but it's, it's, I don't know. It honestly, and this is going to sound harsh. It sounds exactly like the type of song that tends to win Eurovision more recently, which I mean, by which I mean, I'm not super impressed with like, that's not what I watch Eurovision for. I watch for hard rock, hallelujah. And just the most ridiculous stuff. And quite honestly, the last couple of Eurovisions I watched are like, well, let's say the last one. I think they've kind of started toning down the cheese. Which Do you is, think it's because it's gotten uh, a larger American audience? It's possible. It's possible. Like, I don't know. Like, people who are much more into Eurovision would have to uh, tell me more about it because I don't know much about Eurovision. But, like, the last time I watched it, I was like, this is kind of disappointing. Where's Vampire Man Boat? But yeah, I mean, like I get the the conceptually it used to be weirder and now it's kind of gone mainstream. That's why I said I think it probably has something to do with America, yep. like America I, I, ruining I, everything. Well, and that was, you know, I think that, the, you know, it's always surprising. Like I find myself thinking I know I should get into Eurovision because like if you look, you know, you've got like someone like Conchita Wurst or like right. there's um, then there's a number of other people that sort of eschew ideas of gender or like what is or is not attractive or whatever. Like it's these a, are it's, weird, weird looking people that are rewarded and considered attractive and interesting and worthwhile. Whereas in America, these are the exact kind of people that we would go. No, thanks. There are places that that stuff is allowed. It's certainly not as something on the, the level of Eurovision that it doesn't have the level of cultural prominence over here. Yeah. I mean, like the closest thing, you know, America's got is like drag race, I guess. Yeah, that's it. And you know, that's that's a that's a thing with its own set of problems. Um <laughs> anyway, I just saw I just saw the vampire man boat. It's weird. It's it's not as weird as I thought it was gonna be, I gotta be honest with you. Yeah. It's something I've never seen anywhere else, let's say. It's unusual. 
And I understand that that is what Eurovision is. It is a strange, strange thing. I should get into it. I, I find myself, the, like, watching this movie certainly made me think, I should probably, I should like Eurovision. I should give it a shot. Um, I don't know. The movie's just forgettable. Like, other than Rachel McAdams, and quite frankly, all right, so you, 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 did like you think elves. that Bjork, did, did you think, so did you think that Bjork was going to show up? I, I, I didn't notice, but I guess I did. Like, in the back of my mind, it was like, Bjork's got to show up. Or it's like, or at the very least, of, of Monsters and Men have got to show up. But no, here's they, so they here not. I, so here is what I thought. I thought she should, but she won't because she's Bjork. And there's no way that Bjork would have read that script if they sent it to her and said yes. However, here's my theory. The elves that <laughs> threw that knife... That was 1,000% scripted to be Bjork. You can't <laughs> tell me it wasn't. That was definitely supposed to be Bjork. And the so what they did instead, which is the thing I knew it, I was like, I was like, there's one thing there's, there's no way is not going to happen. It's not not happening. And that was at least one Seager Ross song playing. And then we got two, <laughs> two Seager Ross songs. And I was like, wow. So this was the, this was it. A lot of people said no, but Seager Ross said yes. So they really were like, we're doing it. This is a Seager Ross movie now. Oh, should have put some mum. Should have put some mum in there. That's the other. That's like the other Icelandic band that sounds like Ross. Where's the mum in the soundtrack? You know, Iceland. Like, there's no reason in the world like you should be able to name more than one Icelandic person. Like, it's the size of like it's like half the size of Cincinnati, Iceland. It's like the the tiniest country you can name off the top of your head. Yeah. By the way, a really weird thing that I um I noticed. So I found an article where they interviewed somebody or somebody that worked for a website talked about this movie and talked about it because they're from Iceland and the people who ran the website were like, let's have an Icelandic person talk about this. (laughs) And that person like put a bunch of questions up that they knew that knew that were getting asked a lot. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the questions was, why is there no mention of Bjork? (laughs) <laughs> and the answer they gave and i'll say with who this person is in the website after the fact um mm-hmm. was no one in iceland ever talks about bjork she's not even played on the radio except for one jazz album she made when with a local band in 1990 you'll get more exposure to bjork in any given 25 minutes on bbc radio six music than in a year in iceland wow so it's a Games Radar article. The article is called An Icelander Offers Their Verdict on Netflix's Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga. Did they like it? Um, they were mixed on it. I, which I think is, I think is the, I, you know what it is? Here, here's what I don't, I can't fathom. I cannot, like, I had a, my old boss watched this for work and he kept telling me how much he hated it. And I can't oh, imagine man, like, I'm, I'm like the having harshest. an opinion about this movie at all. I'm like a strong. I'm like a mega harsh person. I shit on everything and I can't imagine like, and I wasn't impressed. I was not, but I can't imagine like, I'm so angry. It's like, no, it's just a waste of time. I'll tell you one thing I didn't like it. It's too damn long. It is too damn long. That's the thing is that if you took any one of the half baked plots out, it would have gone down to being an hour and a half. That's the appropriate length for a movie like this. Like when they, they're about to win the semifinals. I was like, wait, is this the finals or the semifinals? Because my internal clock is telling me that this must be the climax. 
But my knowledge of Eurovision tells me that they must be only at the semifinals right now. And it was like, oh, we still have 30 minutes to go. It's over two hours long. It's yeah. an over two hour movie. That's a long, there's no, there's no call for that. <laughs> there just isn't. Um, there, I don't know. It's, it's, it's not like a, a Judd Apatow movie where you can tell they're just like jerking off for the entire time. It's like, it feels like it, it didn't go wrong in the, like the, we're just spitballing and cameoing our way to a, you know, two and a half hours. It's more like the problems on the script. The script needs, needs trimming. Yeah. I think they should honestly. So here's here's my pitch. You ready? Mm-hmm. Get rid of Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams. Actually, no. Br- bring Rachel Mac- McAdams in a different role, not in this role. She's a supporting player, maybe the villain even. Yeah, would love to see Rachel McAdams as a villain because um, she's so talented. And if she was so talented, she could have been like the villain character or maybe the Demi Lovato character, someone who's who can sing. But mm-hmm. like, I don't. Anyway, I honestly believe. That it should have starred the two real life brother and sister characters, and that would have like that immediately ducks a lot of problems that the movie has. As long as soon as you take out the rom com element, the movie gets better because mm-hmm. you can still have them be shitty. You could still have an idiot brother, mm-hmm. but if somebody stands by their brother because that's their brother, that makes more sense to me. Like a family connection, like we've known each other our whole lives, we're brother and sister, I know the good and the bad in you, and I'll stand by you no matter what. That's a way more believable story than I want to have sex with you, you big, ugly idiot (laughs) who's treated me like shit the whole time. No, like he, yeah, she she goes in for a kiss many times. She... and like even in the movie, everyone's like, you can do way better. You look like Rachel McAdams. Like there, she's not playing like an ugly version of herself. Like everyone can tell you're Rachel McAdams. You can do better than Will Ferrell. Yeah. And he shuts her down each and every fucking time. He gets all upset when he, he thinks she slept with uh, Dan Stevens. It's like, I, I don't get what your deal is. What is your character? It makes uh, him very hard to like. <laughs> makes him a very hard man to like. But yeah, I just I feel like if you'd if you'd ha- I mean like leaving recasting aside, if they were actually brother and sister, immediately the story is better. Yeah, because it takes all that bullshit out. It doesn't have. To, I don't. I don't need a love story for Eurovision. Like it would have worked much better if the story was really that they both had a passion for this thing. Mm-hmm. That sometimes they worked well together and sometimes they didn't. Yeah, but you know, but Will Ferrell and a lot of people who do comedy movies like this. That's part of the formula, this this rom-com thing. And it doesn't always work. And especially when you're going to do like like you the scene that you described exactly where she keeps going in for the kiss. And what's supposed to be funny is that he puts the hand over her face and is like, nah, <laughs> is weird. It's very fucking weird and doesn't make any sense. It's like, have we ever talked to the difference between Austin Powers and Austin Powers 2? Have, have we, the two of us? Yeah, so we ever talked about this? Because the yeah. jokes are the same. It's all the same beats. I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast, and so you can do it again. But yes, we have talked about this six bajillion times. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So all right. So for the sake of the for podcast listeners, and I apologize to you, Todd, for <laughs> for talking about this again. But so for me, you can see the like this movie classically falls into the Austin Powers sequel itis problem. The mm. first Austin Powers movie is about a man out of time. It's goofy and ridiculous, but it has this important thread, this heart to it, which is that 
he really doesn't know how to be in the modern world. And he only has this one person that he feels truly close to. And he needs her and he's got to do right by her. And they have that one scene where he doesn't know how to use a CD. And it's kind of funny. And he goes to Vegas and everybody laughs at him and he just feels completely alienated. And he it humanizes him. He's a person. And then they do Austin Powers too. the spy who shagged me. And this woman who he'd been in love with, his one tether to the modern world, turns out to be a fembot. And he goes, I'm single, baby. Yeah. <laughs> and any anything that made that character interesting goes right out the window and he becomes awful. And I and like it, it's not like those the sequels are not good anyway, but they could never be good because they remove this heart element that he has. Mm-hmm. And Will Ferrell's character just kind of n- never has it. Never. He just doesn't. Yeah. He's he's just constantly such a heartless idiot. Yeah. Like, they're, you know, they, they try and talk to him up as like, this is his lifelong dream. Like, Eurovision means a lot to him or some fucking shit. And it ne- it never really clicks. It never, you never, like, it's, he's never a person you care about. And I'm no, going to be honest. he doesn't care about Eurovision. He's in love with himself. That's it. <laughs> the weird thing is, like, Rachel McAdams does not seem particularly passionate about music either. She's into Eurovision and performing this because she loves him so much is what it seemed like, even though she's v- quite obviously very talented is how they they per- they sell her. But like she's not like in it for the music. She's in it for him. It's his dream. Was there anything in this movie you liked? Any scenes that landed for you that made you laugh or made you uh, feel an emotion like a, other than bored? Maybe, if I, maybe I should have uh, should have asked me that at the beginning of the. the oh, the, no, the, you've <laughs> already forgotten everything. I, I I did like the the elf's appearance right at the end. I was like, eh, that kind of worked. That was kind of funny. I liked that. One of the acts you see in um you know, on the Eurovision stage is like a full on Guar style like metal outfit with like ridiculous demon costumes and shit. And like that kind of sold like the hilariousness of Eurovision to me. That was like that's that's right. That feels right. It's like no, it's like six ugly demon guys and one hot chick dressed in like hot clothing. And I was like, that's, that's accurate to Eurovision. That, that feels right. No, I'll tell you what, like there's a, a joke that should have landed, but didn't like the Demi Lovato's ghost appears, you know, randomly once and then randomly appears at the end. It's like, your, your life is in great danger. Like someone's trying to kill you. And like, Oh, we already, uh, we already solved that one. We're, we're way past this plot. It was like, oh, okay, bye. It's actually kind of funnier the way I tell it because they kind of belabor the point in the in the movie. They, well, because scene. like Will Ferrell like shouts about it again. Yeah, it's he Will Ferrell doing that Will Ferrell shout. He's in the glass house of emotion. Is that a line from his one one of his movies? That's isn't that what is that what, what does he say? It's from that's from uh, Anchorman. Did I get it wrong? I haven't seen Anchorman a billion times. I was like, it sounds familiar. Like, remind me what that's from. Glass case of emotion. Sorry, everybody. Yeah. I'm in my 40s and I can't retain information. Well, then you're anymore. about 30 it's years okay. younger than Will Ferrell. So, Ugh. I, I I feel I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just he's at he's at an age where he should be doing something else, you know, or like he his shtick should have changed at this point. He should have entered a new phase of his career and he's still doing the same shit. I mean, it did feels you see- like it feels like the joke is supposed to be exactly that. Mm-hmm. Like that's the point. But it doesn't. No, it doesn't work for me personally. I don't. I mean, look. Obviously, Will Ferrell is very successful. So who, who, who are we? Yeah. To tell Will Ferrell what to do? Clearly, he knows what he's doing. I, I really like Talladega Nights. I thought it was very funny. 
I liked Ian Stranger, and I, you know, I stand up for Anchorman one and most of Anchorman two. I didn't see Holmes and Watson. Yeah, there, I don't know. This movie made me feel kind of warm inside for Rachel McAdams. I just thought like she's got some nice feelings, but like you said, it's very weird that she does. She care about music or no? Because it seems like she just wants to marry him and have babies and be in their hometown, which is what the song is about. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So was, was it was she in danger of selling out? Like I don't. Yeah, like that. Like yeah, is that a, is that a thing? And like, if so, like it would have been again. It would have been so much more interesting if it was this story about her and Dan Stevens, right? Like, what yeah. if like that was the direction that it went? What if it really did end up where they do the thing, and Will Ferrell's character character realizes that it's not really what he wants, and he's the one that goes back to his hometown, and she's the one that goes on to be successful. And I like not doesn't marry Dan Stevens character because that would be weird, but like mm-hmm. that they do end up going on and doing music together as friends. Like, again, there's just a million more interesting ways you could tell this story that would have still been funny and would have actually had impact and the people would have felt like people, people. Yeah. I don't care if these two people live together for the rest of their lives. Or where no, they like they've got a baby at the end and I'm like, I feel like I should feel something about this, but I don't. Yeah. Like you said, like this feels like something that rotted on the vine, like like a billion yeah. different ideas that never really came together. Yeah. I just feel like Will Ferrell's been thinking about it for a really long time. He had 20 different ideas. They decided to try and keep them all in. Yeah. But just a little bit. And that's the that's the flaw that really needed. Like, I I don't know when the, the guy who actually directed it came in, but. It just it feels like somebody needed to come in and and because um, the Will Ferrell and Andrew Steele are, are who I think are, have always worked together. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that they have been thinking about this for a long time. There needed to be somebody that like it should have been a story by Will Ferrell and Andrew Steele. And then the script should have been by somebody else that was brand new. that came in and just wiped the slate clean of all of the unnecessary bullshit and created an actual tight narrative. Yeah, well, Will Ferrell's best work has always been with Adam McKay, Adam McKay and Adam McKay has moved on from comedy shall we say uh-huh <laughs> you wouldn't get it <laughs> Adam McKay has like I think he got tired of making the same Will Ferrell movie over and over again oh uh, the other guys I also like that one a lot and now he does like very serious movies about serious social issues does Adam McKay Oh, so, that's right. Yeah, he's the Vice guy. Yeah, Vice and the Big Short, and who knows what he's going to do next. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, yeah. I mean, look, we've said it 20 different ways at this point. I I really, truly do think that there's some fun stuff in there. I like some of the songs. Like I said, Rachel McAdams is great. There's a couple of really cool supporting players, but it's really just less than the sum of its parts. It really is. It's It needed, um, it needed a little more time or, you know. Or it needed uh, a fresher performer, quite honestly. Will Ferrell has been doing the same shtick forever. Yep. Absolutely. If you took him out of the movie, the movie again would also have gotten better. I think we've beaten this one to the crown. I think we're... We sure. We've talked for nearly an hour. Which is probably more than anyone's talked about Eurovision. Well, Eurovision is also also too long. And so (laughs) we're just following following what they did. We learned it from watching you, Dad. Will Ferrell is our dad. uh, Buddy, friend. Uh, I'll tell you about this later, but you you think this is uh this is long? You you're not gonna like what we got in the in the suggestion box so far for the next poll. Oh gosh, Justice League, huh? 
<laughs> no, no, not Justice League. I am not watching that again. <laughs> I gave it the full four hours. I watched. I stroked my chin. It was better than I thought it was going to be. Oh, wait, but, let me do my let me do my dumb joke that I do on Twitter all the time. Okay. Release the Snyder cut of Eurovision. <laughs> I will not rest. Ugh. Anyway, goodbye, everybody. See ya. Thank you. And uh, don't forget to vote on the next poll, which we'll put up in a couple weeks. All right. Thank yep. you so much. Thank you for Bye. donating to our stupid little project for so long. <laughs> But while I was watching it, I enjoyed the fuck out of them. And I'm, I was happy they won. I was happy that it's like the Oscars. I don't want I know that the best performance isn't necessarily going to win. But as long as someone I like wins, I'm, I'm good with that. I would have preferred Iceland to win. But I'm just saying, if you're going to give it to a rock band, mm-hmm. give it to Finland. I'm not sure I agree. Well, you can be wrong. You're welcome <laughs> to be incorrect. Uh for what it's worth, the, the title translates as Shut Up and Behave. And I assume the uh, the song is about how they're not going to shut up and behave because they're rock and rollers. Oh, that was right. That was the thing that they didn't. They they said rock and roll will never die. Rock and roll never dies. And I was like, rock and roll is dead. I can tell because <laughs> I can feel the rumble of it fucking turning in its grave. No, they <sighs> rule. I, I, I was quite happy with them. You know, it's a funny thing. Italy did not participate in Eurovision for like more than a decade, like through the entire 2000s. They were, and I'm not clear why they decided, you know what? Eurovision's stupid. We're not going to do it. They got on their Vespas and they drove away. <laughs> yes, they did. And uh, I've re- I read somewhere and I, I can't confirm this, but they, uh, they thought, you know, as one of the, the big countries that the, all the little countries have a bias against, we're never going to win. So what's the point? Why are we wasting our money? And then uh, Germany won in 2010, and the next year Italy were just magically back. It was like, oh, it was like, <laughs> and now they now they've got, now they got one. They have a they have a win in their pocket. Well, they think they came in second what? in 2019, maybe like they like they said something about it as they came up that they had like just come in second place or something. Uh, yeah, they came right behind, uh, just 24 points behind the Netherlands. Look at that. Yeah. And ahead of Russia, so I, I guess we're not mad at Russia anymore. Also, look at how the world changes. <laughs> no, the the year at, the year after the uh, the Crimean invasion, Russia did very badly in the Eurovision. You don't say. <laughs> and uh, not that Russia has magically become better since then, but uh, well, anyway, that was your first Eurovision. Okay, do, am I looking forward to doing this every year now? Because For the rest just, of your life, yes. Oh, I didn't know. Well, I had this news to me that I'm doing song versus song for the rest of my life. That yeah. was. Oh, in, and further I, than that, your contract extends far beyond death. Oh no, <laughs> you've been watch, You've been watching Angel. You, yes, I have. You, you, you let. Uh, this is the Wolfram and Hart contract that that I have. I didn't know that. <laughs> I would never. I am the Cordelia Chase of the situation. So my situation doesn't get fucked over until season three. Thank you very much. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, it was fine. I look forward to I mean, here's what I would like. I would love for us to do it together in person in the future if we can help it. Well, maybe I think we'll, that would be a lot more fun. <laughs> yeah, this is the first time I, I watch it alone in my house because. Of- yeah, I think that definitely I think that takes something away from it. I have to believe that it's more fun if you're making it an event. You know, they asked people up when they were when the announcers were out. They said, "Oh, are you dressed for the occasion?" Uh, this is a podcast, so you can't tell. I and Todd are not dressed for the occasion. 
I'm as, maybe next year. I'm as dressed up as I usually am. In as all, so that yeah. could mean anything. Yes. People don't know. Maybe like, that 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 hoodie is sparkly. They don't they don't know. It could be made <laughs> of solid gold. It's in the shadows. It's a mystery. Anyway, um, yeah. Well, if you enjoyed Eurovision, or if you didn't, I guess you know. If if you're watching this on YouTube, then leave a comment on it. And if uh, if you're not, then head over to our Patreon, and you can leave a comment there. And while you're there, you could uh, spend a dollar, only one dollar, and then you can get all of the bonus episodes that we do because we do a lot more than just cover award shows and song competitions. We do movies. In fact, we do movies. Uh, that people vote on. In fact, not only that, but some people who pay how much money, Todd? $20. $20. Those people get to choose the choices for what it is that we might watch. Uh, so you can go to Patreon and and uh, and do that if you want. But $1 will get you every single uh, episode that we've ever done as far as the bonus ones are concerned. Only $1. And as I have now decided to say every single time, not only is that a deal, that's a Kim deal. Oh, thank you so much for listening. And uh, happy Eurovision. I don't know yeah, what's, this, yeah. what's the sign. Happy out. Eurovision Day. <laughs> happy Goth it was, Day. It was Goth Day. Oh, yeah, it was the Eurovision Day landed on Goth Day today. So Finland That's should right. have done much better. Yep. A tragedy. Goodbye, it, everybody. Yes. Happy Goth Day. Wear a choker. Later. Mm-hmm.